Welcome to the podcast station where we share exciting stories, interesting facts, lots of laughter, and lots of hope as we talk about caring for our human bodies in the 21st century. We have one ultimate goal, and that is to help you develop a newfound perspective and sense of appreciation for the incredible human body that you're living in. If you would like to join us for more educational courses or professional certifications, see us online at www.holistichealtheducators.com. Great to have you with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a sleep podcast. Okay, Karen. Yeah, I'd be waiting for this. Okay. Okay. So we're so excited about this topic because uh, there's a lot that we've learned within our adulthoods about sleep. There's a lot that I, like, we all hear like, oh, you need to make sure you get enough deep sleep. You need to make sure you get enough REM sleep and try to get to bed early. And, you know, you're always told you should sleep, but there's so many cool little nuggets of information you can learn about sleep that totally reframe the way you look at it, that make you, oh, really motivated to, to get to bed at an earlier time or to change your environment of your bedroom to be conducive to better sleep. So that's what we want to go over today or what are our favorite things we've learned in our adulthoods? What are some of the coolest studies we've heard of? And what are just some of the basic facts about sleep that not only set us up to have successful nights of rest, but also take us away from like trying to beat ourselves up to get more rest at night and also just empower ourselves. Well, and even brag on it. Some people are like, oh, I only got four hours of last night. Well, I got three and a half hours and that's just not cool. So just right off the bat, just know that it's not that you're old, that you cherish sleep is because you're smart that you cherish sleep. So one of the young men in my life, um, who dates my daughter, he is goes to bed at eight or nine at night because he gets up at four or five in the morning. He's like, I'm not cutting out my sleep because he lifts weight and he takes care of his body. He's like, I'm not cutting it short. And I'm like, go, mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. because he takes care and values that. And I think that's just where we have to get to is to a point where it's not cool to stay up super late at night for a number of reasons. And you're going to learn them today. Super excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not to say if you have the irregular night where you take a child to the oh, hospital yeah. or you have to stay up all night writing a paper or you have some irregular sleep, um, yep. these tips actually help you regulate like faster after that happens. Yep. So those things may still happen. That's part of being a normal human yep, yep, in yep. a normal 21st century. But if we're looking at what types of habits we want to establish for our day-to-day sleep schedule. Boom, you came to the right place. This is the number one thing. And I will tell you right off the bat, this is my favorite reason to fall asleep. And Amy hears it when she's up late in the office. And I'm like, Amy, you can't heal at one o'clock in the morning, right? You actually are part of the circadian rhythm of the earth, right? The earth is moving and breathing and light shines on our bodies from the sun and from the moon and all of the light and all of the wavelengths. These all do something different and trigger different reactions hormonally, neurotransmitter wise. And so literally our body goes through three cycles every day. And you can test this with your blood. You can test it multiple ways. And these three cycles are assimilation, elimination, and appropriation. And guess what? Assimilation is the fun part, right? That's when you're sleeping and you're able to assimilate everything that your body's put together. Then you wake up and you're in, in already in elimination. So you wake up with foggy breath and you're like, oh, don't talk to me. And you want to work out and get in the sauna. <gasps> okay. Now you feel better, right? And then you go into appropriation where we eat, we drink, we laugh, we play, we eat our heavier meals earlier in the day, you know, that noon to two. And then when the sun sets and what happens, we start getting tired. You all start yawning. You can't not, right? Well, maybe, maybe some of you don't, but what happens is when that sun is setting, melatonin is what the pineal gland is making going, go to sleep, lay down. It is now time to go into assimilation. And your body's like, okay, I'm going to go into assimilation. And then you lay down on your bed and you sleep for seven or eight hours. And while you're sleeping, 
that's when you heal. That's when you assimilate. That's when the magic happens. And so if we don't lay down and sleep during assimilation and we wait and stay up until one or two in the morning, we're only getting a couple hours until we go into elimination and then we're not assimilating anymore. So the number one reason you want to sleep and go to bed earlier and wake up earlier is because you want to assimilate, rebuild, and help strengthen the body. May I hear a oh. hallelujah? Hallelujah. Okay, that it. is the number one reason. Yes. I'm so done. we can just hang up. Uh, well, that would be the very <laughs> concise version. So assimilation, like she mentioned, that starts around 8 to 9 p.m. Some people say even as soon as after the sun sets, but generally speaking, we look about 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. is assimilation. 4 a.m. to noon is uh, elimination, and then noon to 8 p.m. is appropriation, okay? So that assimilation from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m., like she said, a lot of our body's most, uh, like our deepest sleep is going to occur within that time window. So I just want to walk you through what the stages of sleep are, just so we're all on the same page when it comes to lingo. Um, there's a debate whether they're not really debate. We're constantly learning more about sleep. So originally there were three main cycles of non-REM sleep. Um, now there's like up to four cycles of non-REM sleep, four stages, and then you, and then REM sleep. And then you reset, you cycle through that again from non the four stages of non-REM sleep to REM sleep. And then you start that over. That takes about 90 minutes. And we usually go through three to four of those cycles per night. So uh, the beginning stages of non-REM sleep, you have the stage one, which is uh, right after drowsiness. When you first start to lay down on your bed and you first start to fall asleep, that stage one, that usually lasts under 10 minutes if you're tired enough and you just kind of start to drift off, but it's very easy to wake you up. That's where like your kid could tap you and you wouldn't be either uh, in another universe or like freak out and jolt awake. Okay. That would be when your kid taps you and you're like, yes, there's some extra strawberries on the bottom shelf of the fridge. Go wash them yourself. Okay. Yep. So that's stage one. Stage two, uh, can last anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. And that's when you start to really get into, um, that's right before you start getting into deep sleep. And so that stage is, uh, and your heart rate really starts to drop here. Your muscles relax, body temperature changes. And so this is just prepping you for deep sleep. And then you enter that deep sleep stage, which is stages three and four of non-REM sleep. This is where the secret sauce of healing is. And this is where, um, especially for your musculature system, um, there's a lot of restorative things that happen to your physical body during this time. And so they've noticed some of the more, there's things going on in your brain all night long, firing and all that. They've noticed like later on in the night is when you're processing more of the emotions and some of your hormones. Some of that happens a little bit later on, like the second half of the night. The first half of the night is going to be a lot of your physical frame and your muscles and all that. And so, and emotional. That's why when people put on like a sleep uh, meditation, it's two hours, four hours, eight hours long, because you have that subconscious listening the entire time. Because just because your body is sleeping does not mean you are sleeping. You, who, who, the who in you, Amy, Karen, we are not asleep. Our bodies are sleeping and going through these cycles, but our conscious is not. So keep them back in your mind while we continue. I like it. I like Ooh, it. It's just Maybe kind of I could exciting. hire someone to like whisper the secrets of the universe into my ear while I sleep. Maybe we could create a sleep meditation. Okay. Okay. I next call week. On next Jane. Okay. okay. Anyhow, yeah. so 2022 initiative. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, okay. so then, so you have those first three stages of non-REM sleep, and then 
well, up to four stages and then REM sleep. And then REM is where you dream and your body actually paralyzes yourself so that you don't like go think you're actually flying and jump out of your window. So the body paralysis that happens is to like protect yourself from literally doing crazy things while you're dreaming, because that's when, yeah, that's when you dream during REM sleep. And so that's also when you have rapid eye movement and your eyes are mostly moving horizontally, sometimes up and down, but they're mostly horizontal during that time. Um, further processing is happening. And then you come back up and cycle through non-REM, deep sleep, and then REM. And that cycle, like I said, takes about 90 minutes. And that can be why you wake up every 90 minutes. I wake up many times in between my sleep cycles. I'll wake up. I'm like, oh, that was fun. And then I'll roll over, get in reposition, go back to bed. Hour and a half later, boom, I wake up. And not always, but I, I do often do that. I bet you many of you do. And you think, oh, I just can't sleep at night. Oh, you're sleeping fine. You're just really sensitive to your sleep cycle. And then you wake up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So awesome. So that's just some groundwork on what happens while we sleep. Um, and just that last time we'll emphasize this, but um, those early hours of the evening, you just can't going to bed at, um, this is one thing that Huberman, Andrew Huberman and the gentleman who wrote Why We Sleep, I'm forgetting the name of the doctor off the top of my head, amazing book. Um, this is why they both emphasize uh, you don't just have one sleep program that your body starts no matter what time of day you go to bed. You know, if you start your sleep program at 10 or at two in the morning, or, you know, or maybe at 11 at night versus three o'clock in the morning, you're actually going to be getting much different proportions of deep sleep compared to REM sleep and non-REM sleep, depending on what time of day, you, what time you go to bed. So the earlier you go to bed, the more time you'll spend in deep sleep. And then the later you go to bed, the more time you'll spend in REM sleep and, um, and non-REM, um, in REM and the stages one and two of non-REM sleep. So someone just, uh, so we're going to get into top tips for how to improve your sleep. And one mm -hmm. thing we're going to cover there is tips for, uh, shift workers and people who constantly have their, uh, work schedule changed or people who have to work overnight. So we're going to get to that in a second, but we're first going to start off with the top ways to improve our sleep, uh, for like normal awake in the morning, go to bed at night people with that schedule. Awesome. And we did not plan this because we just show up and do our podcast and it's lots of fun. Well, oh, I'm sorry. So we really planned this deeply. And so starting with number one, the sleep biggest sanctuary. sleep sanctuary. Okay. That's what I was going to talk about. Okay. Talk talk about, about sleep sanctuary. No, 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 no. Go for it. I was going to say the no more reason why people don't sleep at night, but I'll get to that after oh, sleep no, sanctuary. No, I want to know. Tell me. Okay. Fighting my nails. Okay. We're going over the top reason why people don't sleep. And then we're talking about sleep sanctuary. <laughs> you cannot let them know our secret. Okay. Oh, fine. Okay. Um, Biggest thing, top two reasons for sleep dysregulations in the 21st century. Number one, people's bodies are not exhausted. So mm -hmm. our minds, raise your hand if you can relate to your mind being exhausted. If you can lay down in bed at night and you were like, please sleep gods, take me away. Take me away for the next nine hours. Like my brain is exhausted. Okay. So a lot of times we experience mental exhaustion also because fun fact about the 21st century, in a given week, being an adult in the 21st century, you are exposed to an entire Bible worth of information. So like back, if you lived in the 1700s, you know, you, reading the entire Bible, that's the amount of information you're exposed to in a given week today, like that much information. So there's a big information era, high propensity to experience mental exhaustion, but our bodies are not physically exhausted. And I just, I didn't realize how much we don't move until I got a Fitbit in the middle of the COVID pandemic lockdown. And I started tracking my exercise. I got it so I could track my sleep and also um, some of my exercise. And I noticed on the days I didn't make it outside, I would walk less than a half mile in my house. Oh my gosh. Less than a half mile just to get up and like go make a yeah. smoothie, walk down to my bedroom. The days I didn't leave my home, 
I walked less than a half mile. Our Paleolithic ancestors used to walk up to 15 miles a day. Okay. So we're, our bodies are built to be moving. We're meant to like climb mountains and build houses and turn over rocks and tend to children and all these things that involve a lot of moving. Yeah. If if it was a mom wearing that Fitbit, probably would've been like 8,000 steps. Okay. So I'm just going to acknowledge moms. You're in a whole nother bracket of daily movement. But it is so true. We need to be moving. Yes. Um, And so those of you who don't get out enough, get a little mini trampoline, get a T-zone vibrator, do something to be moving. I learned pickleball today. That sounds so if you ever want to play pickleball, please just know I'm horrible. And so I would be entertaining, but I mean, find things you can do. It's, it's wonderful. I love tennis and racquetball. So I thought I'd actually be good at this, but I, I'm not so good yet. But anyhow, but find something that you can do. Go kayaking, kayaking. Oh my gosh. Call me anytime. I'll be there. Amy, you're like a miss bit, bit person jumping up and down, putting balls against the walls. And so, you know, there's, she's just getting some water right now. She's taking my water right now, but anyhow, and so CrossFit, um, any kind of exercise in the house. One of my favorite ways to exercise, especially when I was raising children, of course, was Richard Simmons. Laugh all you want. Love the guy. He was amazing. But then Nia dance. So Nia dance, you can do right in your own home. And it's so fun. It's like, it's a cross between dancing and CrossFitting. So Nia dance, find a way, get it. Amy bought me a really cool bike for Christmas last year. So I get to do all my exercises on my bike and I can do all my, what are those things called? Strength exercises with resistance bands. Resistance bands. There's so many things you can do in your home. So, and then Hope Zavera. Oh my gosh. If you know us, you probably know Hope. But she has YouTube videos on literally how to do yoga and stretching in your closet. Wherever you travel, you can do it. She owns Mother Truckers, and she every single day is teaching truckers how to exercise and do all this stretching and all this moving while they sit in a truck for most of their life. So there's no excuses for not exercising. Just want to throw a couple things in there while you were tricking to death. I love that. Well, that's a big reason why we actually, in the 10-step program, many of you are a part Mm -hmm. of that. I love the 10 step program. The step two is not called exercise. It's called movement. And we did that because we want to break this idea that moving our bodies is an event that we do like one day for 30 minutes or for 45 minutes or three times a week for the set amount of time. Like we can, like she mentioned so many ways to incorporate movement into our day, but back to exercise, there are, uh, there's cortisol and adrenaline that's released while you're exercising, doing high intensity exercise that helps to regulate your hormones and deeply improves your sleep. Raise your hand if you have uh, ever had an exhausting day working outside or doing a high intensity exercise or like going out and and, um, being in the sun and moving your body and exerting your body and then had consistent trouble sleeping at night. Like that's not a common (laughs) thing because you usually wipe yourself out. That's the goal. So just know daily movement is huge, but then also getting those uh, periods of high intensity interval training or any type of any time where your heart is elevated that can do so much to help exhaust your body. So you actually hit the hay when you put your head down on the pillow thing. So that's the first thing is uh, just moving our bodies to exhaust our bodies enough. Thank you for mentioning Nia dance. Cause I love the music. Love Nia's, she's in her zone when she's doing Nia dance. She's like standing up there and she's like, got like her like, it's like Tai Chi in with dance. I love it. Okay. Uh, second thing is artificial light. So we're just going to talk about this for a few minutes. Uh, and this is I need to focus on what to say here. There, the biggest thing with artificial light that I've learned in the past two years that really improved my sleep was understanding that there's blue light in the sunrise and that our bodies are not meant to be exposed to blue light. Like after a certain time of day, after it starts setting, and then 
And then our body is exposed to warmer colors at night, like pinks and, 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 and oranges and blues, like anything you'd find in the fire. And that's all beneath your eye level. So we're exposed to that kind of light at night. And then in the middle of the night, we're like just not meant to be exposed to intense light. So when I was going to college and we had fluorescent lighting on at night overhead, which we would do to keep us up if we were working on homework, but just like even casually, sometimes we'd have our fluorescent lighting on overhead. That is literally telling your body it is the daytime. That's literally telling your body it's noon because it's blue light it's like white light and blue light and it's overhead the angle that light hits your retina affects your circadian rhythm so one of the best things you can do when you wake up is they even say out and go out and like look at the sun or at least get like the sunrise and those angles of the light and the blue light that's coming absorb that in this in the morning to help set your circadian rhythm helps your body know what time of day it is and then in the evenings be especially particular about the color of your lighting and the angle of your lighting and the intensity of your lighting. So make sure the colors are warm and they're not these super bright, bright, like uh, fluorescent lights, or you want to go for the warmer colors. Go with lamps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, is it okay if I jump in yes, there with that? Yes. So uh, we raised our kids this way. Like literally we did not have any overhead lighting on and we still don't at night. You won't mm -hmm. come into my family room or my kitchen or anywhere and have an overhead light on. They don't go on at night. Little lamps do like this, right? Little lamp, lamp, lamp. And these orange colors are amazing. And now they even sell those orange, amber light bulbs. That's what I have in my kitchen. That's what I have in my dining room. So if they do go on because we're having dinner and it might be a little bit later, right? We have that ambient lighting. We don't have the bright white light. And so again, it's so easy to put, you know, 20 salt lamps through your house and a few regular lamp lamps and then just turn those on at night. It's just so relaxing and it really calms the body down and gets it ready for sleep. Yeah, I love that. So it's the, the color, the angle, like she said, that lower lighting and then the intensity. So it's not just like blaring bright light. So that's really cool. I love I, I the vibe of the home at night with lamps is just awesome. It so is. thank you for that. Um, last thing I want to talk about light. Obviously we hear a lot about electronics and phones. Like I have so fallen victim to this where I'm like, so ready for sleep. I'm like, bed, I'm coming. You can hear me singing to you. And I'm like, on my way, like get ready, crawl in bed. I'm all ready to fall asleep. And then just like, man, even 20 minutes on my phone of that direct blue light in my eyes, I'll put my phone down and then I'll be like, totally awake and not ready to fall asleep. I'll be like, oh, why did I do that? Um, or same thing with my with my computer, like I'll work late at night and then it really will take me a long time to fall asleep that night. Mm -hmm. So getting blue light glasses, if you are exposed to, um, mm -hmm. if you are gonna be using electronics later on at night, probably gold standard is like, don't use electronics late at night. I could never tell you to do that because I don't practice that at this point in my life. And not about to get on the hypocrite boat, but um, yeah, blue light glasses can be really helpful. Um, and a lot of times like the better blue light glasses, they're actually going to have uh, orange frames or, or red frames. They're not just going to be your clear you because there's actually a wide spectrum of blue light, even within like the light spectrum. And so the clear glasses can be good if you're on the computer all day long and you don't want to be staring at the computer for 12 hours. So you can get the lighter the lighter, more uh, transparent. They're more cheap, like six, seven, eight bucks a pound. Well, piece. yeah, or you can get nicer pairs too, but those ones are going to be clear. The mm -hmm. most effective blue light glasses you can get are going to have orange or red lenses. So mm -hmm. 
just wanted Excellent. to mention that. And that goes really nice into a sleep sanctuary. So where you sleep matters. If it's all cluttered and you're a mom and you're just so busy and you're doing laundry everywhere and there's kids stuff all over and you've got kids' pictures hanging on the walls, and it's like not a sanctuary. I mean, I love your children and we, you know, I love my children, but I did not put any other pictures on my walls in my bedroom because the bedroom was for me and for my spouse, right? It was where we slept, it was where we relaxed and we were kids all day long. The last thing I want to do is also sleep with them, right? And so, well, except when they were sick, then they could crawl in bed. But anyhow, you get what I mean. And so like we had lots of plants. We have lots and lots of plants in our bedrooms all of the time. We have a lot of um, the ambient lighting. We have pretty curtains. We make our bed in the morning, you know, so you want to do something. So, and I, I'm talking of mine. So I make my bed every morning. I have, you know, um, you know, music in there. And I, I use my AO mobile actually at night. I love doing my inner voice at night. And then I bought really nice headphones and I listen to my inner voice before I fall asleep. And that's not every night, but it's many nights. And so you can kind of create that sleep sanctuary with some waterfall or whatever you need so that you actually can be relaxed in the body and you want to sleep. I've been in bedrooms. Um, I don't know how many of you know this, but I owned a cleaning business for, for many, many, many years. We had about 17 or 20 employees, staff members, and we cleaned homes. And so I've been in a th you know thousands of bedrooms and the bedrooms that were always cluttered and those people were just all high ADD, hyper intensity, like la 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 la. And the people who had the sleeping sanctuaries, they were like goddesses, you know, they were very easy to get along with. They were happy to pay their bills. They were content. Their kids were good. And so like parents go look at your bedrooms. And if your bedrooms are like, oh, you know, and there's a TV in there and there's like an office desk, get it out. Like do some feng shui. Feng shui is very, very real. We're not going to talk about it right now, even though I literally could talk about that for the next two hours, but like literally try to create that sleep sanctuary. And then being careful of what you eat and drink during the day and the night before you go to bed, you know, that can be very helpful. Yes. <clears throat> yes, I didn't dear. mean to intentionally leave during your sleep sanctuary because I love that okay. thing that you mentioned. Um, only thing I would add to that, you probably already mentioned electronics. Yeah, get them out of the bedroom. But you're moving electronics so you don't have the EMFs and especially those little lights. You might yeah. be underrating how much the little lights, the little blue light or the little red light, you'd be like, oh, it's just a small light. But those things can actually be significant sleep disruptors. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I especially like Jenna Lynn and the 10 step program mentioning that we have mitochondria receptors. Oh, sorry, we have photon receptors um, throughout mm -hmm. our. Mitochondria receptors. That's a well, new one. We have photon receptors uh, throughout our entire bodies. And so even when your eyes are closed, your body can still be absorbing light. So uh, she just recommends putting like a little, uh, I have to throw a t-shirt over it, but you can put like a little sticker over the little things that are emitting light in your bedroom. Ooh, but yeah, ooh, taking ooh. out the electronics is an amazing one. I forgot to mention some people, and I've had this happen with many of my clients when they just couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. And we, we go over all this in the 10 step. If you have my book, I have an entire section on sleep in my book, Live. You can order this on our website. All of you need this. It's a phenomenal book, if I do say so myself. But anyhow, is... If those people, if you have a hard time sleeping, un, turn off the breaker, like literally turn the breaker off to your bedroom and that might sound extreme. I'm telling you, if you're on a metal bed and you have metal all around you and, you're, and, you're, and your bed is right next to the wall and you have transient electricity and you have all this metal picking up electricity in your, in your, in your room, boom, like literally turning off the breaker. Ah. It's so relaxing. You're getting rid of extra electricity. Some people will take their mattress. They're like, oh my gosh, I have a full metal bed. We don't do any metal beds in our home. Everything is wood. Then go ahead and take the mattress off of the box spring, which is metal, and off of the metal frame and put the mattress on the ground. Boom, right? They're sleeping better already. Pull it away from the wall. Um, we had somebody who... 
I've actually had this more than once, who would have seizures and, and Tourette's, like different, they each, each had something different. And I said, well, you know, you, you have electricity running in the wall in your home called harmonics, turn your bed so your head is in the middle of the room and your feet are at the base along the wall, boom, never had another seizure, Tourette's went away. Like literally we're electrical people. And if we have a bedroom full of electricity and full of electronics and full of our, our phones and our blanket and blank, our cells and our bodies can never relax. So just another thought to it. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the electrical environment because changing off of a metal bed frame, there's been a lot of success stories of people being able to sleep better at night. Just in the case that there is transient electricity running through the walls of your home that can be sent up through the bed. So great tip. I love it. Super fun. Uh, I also, if there's outlets right next to my house, I may put tin foil over the outlet and, um, and some masking tape just to um, also yeah. take a little extra step. Sometimes, you know, I can't always control exactly where my bed location is if I'm renting a place. And so I'll just like cover it with tinfoil and something pretty um, to kind of uh, decrease the amount of electric electricity that could be coming out of the outlet. So okay. um, <clears throat> not saying that has anything to do with the amount of electricity running through the walls. Um, now, the next thing that I wanted to mention when she brought up food at the end is depending on what you eat during the day can definitely affect your sleep at night. A lot of us are, can make the deductive conclusion that messing with stimulants during the day can definitely disrupt sleep. I do want to talk about what caffeine is really quick because it's a very misunderstood molecule. <clears throat> caffeine actually blocks a receptor in your brain that receives messages from your body of your body to say, telling the brain that you're tired. So it's a huge misconception that caffeine gives your body energy. It, uh, it's not something that your body metabolizes for energy at all. Um, all it does is it helps your body lie to itself. So it, it, <laughs> it, it blocks the receptor sites that are looking for messages being like, Hey, I'll shut this body down and put us to sleep if we're tired. So you just let me know if you guys are tired down there and we're going to shut this operation down if you are. And so all that happens is caffeine comes in and it's just Hello? like plugs it. <clears throat> sorry. Um, it just plugs it. And so. Hello. Oh, sorry. One, one moment where I'm in the middle of explaining something. <sighs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it comes in and it blocks that receptor site so that it can no longer receive messages from uh, your body saying that you're tired. So by the time the caffeine wears off, uh, there's all these messages that have been repressed that whole time that all of a sudden hit the brain. That's why you crash a lot of times after the caffeine wears off. So you've been exhausted that whole time. Your body just didn't process it or register it. Now it just finally catches up to you. But you can see how that would be an issue with if you're trying to go to bed and you have all these stimulants in your body still. Um, I had someone who was dealing with sleep issues and they were drinking monsters until like dinner time they were like having a monster with their dinner time and they're like yeah, i don't know why my sleep's so bad like maybe i should try some delta eight it's like okay before we get there honey let's go ahead and start taking taking the uh, energy drinks and stimulants out of your day i would recommend against doing any caffeine afternoon for sure <laughs> if you even need to use it at all um if you need to use caffeine it's a great opportunity to evaluate what where is your body not getting the rest it needs or what's going on with your metabolism why do you not have enough energy to get through the day without a stimulant like seriously having those afternoon crashes, huge opportunity to look and be like, oh, maybe I have a food intolerance. Maybe I'm not actually getting deep sleep at night. It's common people will go to bed at night and never actually reach deep sleep. So you want to know if that's happening to you because you need to figure out what to change in that equation. So you do get that deep sleep or else it's going to catch up to you in your long-term mm -hmm. health. 
Good. Excellent, Amy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I want to mention something because it happens to me. I'm a mom, right? I'm 54 years old. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. I've got businesses. I have staff members. We have neighbors. We have community that we serve in. And all of a sudden you can go to bed and be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I didn't do that. And I didn't do that. I've got to write that down. I've got to do this. And I like, how do you turn your brain off? And I want to address a little bit about that, if that's okay, because I've had to figure that out Um, because there's been many nights my brain didn't shut off. And I will tell you, there's a, I pray that there's a handicap for caregivers and those who are taking care of people who um, go into the late night because for four and a half years when I was taking care of our daughter when we had no idea she was dealing with dysautonomia there were many 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 hundreds of nights during the hundreds and hundreds of nights that I didn't sleep well at all or I'd be up studying late or I'd be doing something and so that's something a little separate I want to talk about the everyday okay what happened at work blah 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 so one of the number one things I teach is on this is to write like create a vision board at night this is going to redirect and get rid of all this blah, blah, blah stuff. If you can create a vision board, and my vision board is very different than most people's vision boards because I don't have time to cut and paste things out and blah, blah, it's just not me. So this is exactly what my vision board looks like, right? Very simple, that's it. That's it. Okay, so now you have nine, six squares, whatever you want to make, and you write something in those squares. I want to have a cleaning lady someday. I'd like to go to Hawaii and visit Amy. I would like to go to the next convention, you know, with Karen and their crazy staff, right? Whatever it might be, I want to have more date nights with my husband. And then literally when you go to bed, look at your vision board and go, okay, I'm going to focus on these six or nine things. And then remember what I mentioned in the earlier part of this presentation, your body goes to sleep, but your spirit does not sleep. It does not sleep. That's why you can be like, oh my gosh, I felt so alive last night. I thought it was, I, like, I had this great like interaction with my mom or my aunt or like whatever it might be. You literally have no idea where your spirit goes at night. But we believe that your who is part of you. And so that who is going to take that vision board and be like, okay, how can I make this happen? And you will start waking up at five, six in the morning with ideas revolving around those, those that vision boards. So an idea would be, okay, everything else can sit aside. I'm gonna look at my vision board and I'm gonna look through this. I'm gonna concentrate on those things and then I'm gonna fall asleep. And then next to my bed, I have a sign. It's wooden and it's painted all gloriously. And it says, give it to God and go to sleep. <laughs> Like, I have to remember that I'm not in charge here. You know, it's really, it's really easy for us to go, no, we're in charge, right? We're in charge of our children. We're in charge of our lives. We're in charge of our blah, 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 blah. But we really aren't. Like, there's a greater source that has a very strong influence in our life. And if, if you're needed to be somewhere else, well, then you're going to feel led to go do something else. And so why don't we rely on that source to help us sleep better at night and to take the worry away that we don't have to worry about because we need to sleep. And how good are we if we don't get any sleep at night? Like, what use are we when we wake up and we haven't slept all night long and then we're exhausted through the next day and our immune system sucks and we haven't been able to heal and, you know, we go downhill. So just a couple thoughts. Do maybe a little vision board, um, get a sign, write it out, give it to God and go to sleep, right? Um, says Karen, well, says God. Anyhow, and like whatever you need to do to let all that stuff go, um, there's a great book called Untethered Mind. Oh, I love it. Have you read it? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. So I... um. If any of you were to visit like where I do my exercise in the morning, I have like zoom, zoom, all these sayings and all these quotes like all over because I read them every single day. And um, I have a list from Untethered Mind. It's absolutely beautiful. So great book. I've heard great feedback on that yeah, book. It's a good book. So just 
just find a way to turn off what's going on up here and give it give it away yeah so for some people list writing can be really helpful just yeah, getting it all yeah. out of the mind to make one big long list i've been surprised how much that single act can help me just calm my mind and just get it out mm -hmm. of my system so i'm really happy you brought that up that's excellent yeah. uh awesome so we covered a lot of different things today and uh, the uh, all the way from our sleep cycles to things that can cause sleep disorders to things that we can do to improve our sleep and i hope you found some really good tips from this um the last if it's okay i want to wrap of up course, with just a couple please. things um one is about supplementing uh with melatonin so some people talk about like oh well what can i supplement with like i'll just take mm -hmm. melatonin which is going to make me fall asleep better at night um i just want to mention that anytime you supplement with uh things that your body naturally makes it's going to downregulate your body's natural production of it so that goes for enzymes that goes for neurotransmitters that goes for hormones um so melatonin is a hormone so that falls under that category so if you're looking to supplement with the uh, chemicals that melatonin is made out of, that's great. So if you're supplementing with nutrition, so supplementing with the building blocks of what your body needs to make these things, that's awesome. Uh, but you just you just want to look at, okay, is there any way, not saying there's never time and a place to supplement with those things, because there definitely can be, but ask yourself first, is there any way I can help my body make this thing before yes. I start supplementing it? Yes. That's the golden question. So if we're looking at our melatonin production, think about what we went over when it comes to circadian rhythm and light exposure. Think about how light is affecting your circadian rhythm and want to tell your body to release melatonin. Um, look at your nutrition. Are you eating the foods that your body needs to synthesize melatonin? You can look at what it's made out of or just Google or look up on Healthline. What are the best foods for melatonin production? There's great foods out there. Um, and then uh, asking yourself, what else can you do to uh, decrease whatever's inhibiting melatonin production? So like caffeine, that's going to be in direct conflict with melatonin production. So just going through that checklist and seeing what you can do to naturally bring those levels up on their and own. And that's why CBD is so good. CBD <clears throat> at night, I take Delta 8. Um, our mad scientist makes it. It's phenomenal. But it's a, it's a form of CBD with a little bit of THC in it, but nothing that's nothing above the illegal limit in the states that can't use it. But the, um, the CBD are so beneficial because they help with they help with melatonin production. They help regulate all hormone activity. And the CBD, um, if you haven't if you haven't listened to our presentations on CBD, that's not a problem. But I'd really encourage you to check it out. Um, I think we'll try to get a link um, at the bottom of this um, podcast page to uh, my CBD presentation. But CBDs. Delta eight, those are phenomenal for helping people sleep. And you'll hear some people, well, you know, that's when they went, might go and do a little vaping or they might go and smoke, whatever state that they're in, and then they fall asleep. And that's literally because we have endocannabinoid receptors all over the body. And if we're taking CBD or a THC, whew, it helps the body create the hormones needed without taking a medication. And in my book, I talk a lot about this and I talk about what supplements you can be taking. But also in the book, I have an entire section on the very, very, very large dangers on sleep aids. And sleep medication. So that's something you want to become very familiar with. I'm so happy you mentioned that because THC or just medical cannabis and CBDs do this. Um, they accomplish this amazing feat of helping the body reach homeostasis mm -hmm. where they're not it, it's like the the hormones that are too high, it helps bring them down. And the hormones that are too low, it helps bring them up. It's an incredible equation that happens just about helping the body reach that state of homeostasis. So mm -hmm. yeah, CBD awesome. and, and medical cannabis has been a lifesaver for a lot of people when it comes to sleep. And that includes other forms of THC, like Delta-8 as well. So wow, we covered so many things. That was awesome. It is. The only thing we didn't cover are the poor people who are actually working in the middle of the night. And yes. the number one thing I tell you is to get a different job. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but you can't change circadian rhythm. You cannot change 
where the sun is, where the moon is, and how it relates to our pineal gland and our pituitary. There's just no way to change that. And so I, I feel very bad for the people who like have to be on third shift, but I'm like, oh, that might be a time where you look for, this might be the time in your life. You're like, I'm going to make a life change here because I want to live longer and I want to live healthier and I want to be strong. And that's the way to do it is to get better sleep. So mm -hmm. I do apologize for that, but that is something I, I do strongly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the meantime, um, blackout mm -hmm. curtains yeah. are huge. Like try to resynthesize, mm -hmm. recreate that night environment as best as possible. Drop your room temperature um, to like the 60s. I know the house naturally gets warmer during the day while the sun's out, but really try to keep it below 70 degrees in your bedroom to, to recreate that colder temperature. Blackout curtains, um, make sure there's no artificial lighting. Um, and then, yeah, just sleep as long as you can. Sleep as long as you can. This is yep. still going to be a better than no sleep at all. So it will be. awesome. Well, we covered so many things. So I hope that you got some fun ideas out of this. Um, we also did a human body master guide call lately on how to balance your circadian rhythm with Debbie House and I. So you can always check that out in the blog as well. Uh, but this was a really refreshing recap. And uh, we hope that you've had some good takeaways from this little podcast on improving sleep in the 21st century. Okay, that's it. You guys have a great day. Get some good sleep. And you are the master of your body. See you next week. Hey, thank you for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you would ever like to connect with us in person or live online for webinars, course certifications, events, conferences, parties, go ahead and check out our upcoming event schedule at www.holistichealtheducators.com. We would love to connect with you. We also host weekly live question and answer sessions. Until then, have a spectacular day.